0: So we have a rule in our house. Really, I have a rule in our house. And the rule that I have in the house is that there are no Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. So yesterday and Friday, you can only imagine what our house looked like as our children who think that Christmas decorations should be up all year round, I know some of you are probably there, decided that they were going to open every box filled with every Christmas decoration, and take them all out at once, and decorate the entire house. It was a disaster for a while. In fact, I was tripping over boxes and ornaments and everything like that, but they got the house decorated, and and as I was walking through, uh, one of the decorations I saw was this one. They put it in our windowsill, right outside, uh, or right on the front entrance, and anyone who would walk towards the house Would see this and for me I love I love this ornament or this decoration and one of the reasons I love it is because this is Mary Joseph and Jesus and it's the essence of the Christmas story and today I want to talk about what I believe is and and what is to me my favorite character besides Jesus in the Christmas story but it's the one that we oftentimes overlook and it's Joseph and we spend so much of the time around Christmas talking about uh, Jesus, appropriately so, and, and Mary and the angels and the wise men and King Herod and Zechariah and Elizabeth. But oftentimes we miss talking about Joseph. And I wanna talk about Joseph and the faith that he had in being a father. Because I was thinking about being a father as I was reading the story of Joseph today and how being a father changes everything. For you who are dads in here, you know that. The first time you ever hold your child in your arms, you don't forget that. Or the first time they look up at you and they stare into your eyes and they smile. The first time they say the word, Dada. You don't forget that, especially if they say it before mom. The first time they cry at night and you have to get up with them, It changes everything it changes your sleep patterns it changes your finances and what you spend your money on it changes your stress and and what you stress out about it changes your priorities but it changes your heart but you know what else being a dad does is i believe it changes and helps you to understand faith even better Because you have to start placing faith in your children at some point to start making the right choices on their own. You have faith when you hand your child the car keys for the very first time and send them out. You have faith when you give them the opportunity to go on their first date with their first boyfriend or girlfriend. Faith when you hand them off on their wedding day to whoever it is that they're going to marry. And in many respects, There is an aspect of faith that you are saying, God, I'm going to have faith that amongst all of the decisions I have to make and all the words I have to speak into my child's life and all of the things that I do that when I mess up as a dad, and the truth is that we as dads mess up quite a bit, that God is the one who's in control and he is going to fix it all. And he will care for your children better than you as a dad ever could because he is the best father they could ever have it's faith today I want to talk about the faith of Joseph the adopted father of Jesus and we hear about Joseph in our gospel reading Matthew chapter 1 starting in verse 18 but to start with as we talk about Joseph who was Joseph well the first thing we know about Joseph is Joseph comes from the lineage of King David King David who we've looked at Over the past few weeks, the king who had a heart after the Lord, who sat on the throne of Israel, from his lineage would come the one who would be the ultimate king of Israel, the Messiah, Jesus. So he came from a prominent household, and yet Joseph, we know, was poor. The reason we know Joseph was poor was because when he went to the temple to sacrifice, he offered two young pigeons That was the sacrifice that was acceptable to a family that lived in poverty. We know Joseph was a carpenter, which is why Jesus grew up knowing or understanding how to be a carpenter as well. We also know Joseph was a pious Jewish man. We know that because he offered sacrifices. He he had Jesus circumcised. He listened to the angel and he understood the promises of God. This is the Joseph that we hear about in our text, where it says in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now already at the very beginning of the, the story of the birth of Jesus, we find two significant events. First of all, Joseph is betrothed to Mary, and Mary is pregnant, but not with Joseph's baby. Both of those facts together become very problematic for Joseph because a betrothal at that time, an engagement at that time meant a whole lot more than an engagement in the world today means. Where oftentimes an engagement in the world today is a man and a woman where a man gets a ring and gets down on a knee and and says, will you marry me and offers her the ring? But, But if things don't work out, she could just hand the ring back and they could go their separate ways. In that culture at that time, that was not the case. A betrothal at that time was a binding legal contract, not just between two individuals, but two families. There was a dowry, an exchanging of money that was involved. It was public. People would know about it. And in all respects, they were considered husband and wife without being able to live together and being able to do some of the things that married people can do. But that's exactly why, for that reason, it says that that even though they were betrothed, that if Joseph had wanted to, he could divorce his betrothed wife privately. He would have to divorce her because that was such a legal binding contract. And so for them to find out that Mary was pregnant would have been very scandalous, especially in a small town at that time. It wasn't like the people wouldn't have known, and Mary obviously would have had to go to Joseph because at some point she would start showing that she was pregnant. Can you imagine that kind of a conversation that Mary would have had to have with Joseph? And understand this, at that time and in that culture, Mary probably was somewhere between the ages of of 15 to 18 years old. Can you imagine a 15 to 18 year old girl having to have that conversation? going up to Joseph and saying, Joseph, hey, I I just need to let you know I'm pregnant. But don't worry, it's God's. Imagine if you're the mom or the dad that's hearing that from your daughter. Hey, mom, dad, uh, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's God's. Your response would probably be, try again. Right? Whose really is it? And there's a uh, respect in which when you read this text it was probably true that Joseph didn't believe her right away because it says without wanting to put her to shame Joseph resolved to divorce her quietly he could have had her stoned for adultery feeling hurt and betrayed disgraced by her actions he who was disgraced by her actions didn't seek to bring her to public disgrace but acted compassionately, justly, lovingly. He wouldn't hurt her in such a manner. And in doing so, you have to imagine what some of those rumors might have been like for them at that time. Mary's pregnant. Joseph sticks with her. And the rumors that probably swirled around at that time was, well, the reason Joseph is sticking with her is obviously it must be Joseph's because he's standing by her you see in that moment there's a way in which by not divorcing her or not causing her to come under punishment Joseph takes on her disgrace in an act of grace you see Joseph exemplifies what Jesus would do for him and for all of us because Jesus takes on our disgrace as an act of grace on the cross it says that he who is without sin he who knew no sin became sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That he who is without disgrace took on our disgrace out of grace so that we might receive his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness, and his great love. And Joseph, in this moment, displays the love and grace of God to you and to me. And so the angel comes to him and says to him, don't divorce her quietly but stay with her, love her. Do not fear for Mary is with child, but it truly is the son of God. And the angel speaks to Joseph in such a way and Joseph believes it. Joseph understands what it means to be a a father who acts by faith in that moment and loves a child. And so Joseph stays with Mary and Joseph leads Mary, and they they go off to Bethlehem. And imagine what that must have been like for Joseph, going through this whole season of his life, not fully knowing what is next. What does it mean that I'm going to be the adopted father of the Son of God? Well, what does it mean that we have to go to Bethlehem? What does it mean that we have to find a place to stay? What does it mean that while we're there in the, uh, the stable or, or in the manger scene with the animals, uh, what does that mean for us? So how am I going to provide for my wife? And then when the angel comes and tells him after the wise men visit that he's got to run to Egypt to protect his child, well, where are we going to go and where are we going to stay? And how are we going to... It's all of these questions so how does Joseph traverse all of this by faith by faith that God will provide and God will take care of them and Joseph puts his life in a harm's way to protect his child again isn't that what Jesus does for us Just like Joseph puts his life in harm's way for his child, Jesus put his life in harm's way for you and for me, suffering the ultimate punishment so that we might have forgiveness and grace. And for Joseph, what what in this story ultimately could have turned into despair became hope because that's what faith does. Faith turns despair into hope. And it does it in your life. When you're laid off of work, when your marriage is falling apart, when the debt is overwhelming, when the diagnosis of cancer or sickness enters into your life, when life is not going the way you want it to go, when the pressures are mounting, when it is easy to turn to despair, faith turns us from despair to hope, trusting in the promises of God. I love this picture. This picture of Joseph with Mary sleeping in the background, staring down, And Jesus, as he holds Jesus in his arms. Can you just imagine, and if you're a dad, you can, what he must have been thinking in that moment? What's next? What does it mean to be a dad? What does it mean to be a dad to the Son of God? What if I make a mistake What if I say something I shouldn't say to the Father, the Heavenly Father's Son? What does that mean? How am I going to make this work? And all of those questions which could have led him to doubt and despair and brokenness, but instead by faith led him to be the adopted Father of the Son of God and walk by faith in the promises of God. Because what faith does in the midst of doubt and despair and questions is faith clings to the promises of God. If you've ever had a child before, uh, you know that if you take your finger and place it in the hands of a little baby, what does that child do? Grabs it, doesn't it? And it clings. And then there are times where you try to pull your finger away, and it is like one of those Chinese finger puzzles, right? Where it does not let go and you're not sure how you're going to get that, that finger away from that, that child who, who all of a sudden has an iron-like grip on it. But you see, that's the perfect picture of faith. Because that's what faith does to the promises of God. Faith clings to the promises of God. And it holds on to the promises of God and the faith that is given to you through the work of the Holy Spirit clings ever so tightly to what Jesus has done for you he who came to save us from our sins we hear about this in the words of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11 as it talks about faith the writer of Hebrews says this now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things that are not seen. It's the assurance, it's what clings to the promises of God. But it also does that in the midst of uncertainty. Because what faith does is, faith brings certainty in uncertainty. think of the story of Joseph, how much uncertainty was found in the story of Joseph. The uncertainty of of who, who is Mary pregnant by until the angel came. The uncertainty of how am I going to be the father to the son of God. The uncertainty of what it's going to be like when he gets to Bethlehem. The uncertainty of going to Egypt. The uncertainty of being a dad. And there's all sorts of uncertainty in the story of Joseph. And yet, what does Joseph do? He acts faithfully because faith is the, it brings certainty in the midst of the uncertainty of our lives. And it does so for you. Because you and I go through situations And we go through seasons of life where there is a lot of uncertainty. How we're going to pay the bills. How we're going to mend relationships. What the next day is going to bring in our life. And yet faith clings to the promises of God which bring us certainty in the midst of the uncertainty of our life. And so Joseph walks faithfully as the adopted father of the Son of God. But if you read the Christmas story, And the story leading up to the birth of Jesus, you realize it's not just Joseph, but every single person in the Christmas story displays an aspect of faith. The wise men who by faith believed the star would lead them to where the Son of God was, the shepherds who by faith listened to the angels and went to the manger, the Mary and Joseph who by faith believed the angel, Zechariah and Elizabeth who by faith believed that they would be the father and the mother to John the Baptist, by faith, constantly God's people believed in the promises of God that brought certainty in the midst of the uncertainty of their life. And so it is for you, for me. This Christmas season should remind us of how central faith is to our life and what God is calling us to do and be and move forward into in the midst of the uncertainty of this world, in the midst of the uncertainty of our own life. But in order to understand that, we need to also understand how faith works. One of my least favorite songs of Christmas, just because I feel it's a, it's a very creepy kind of song, is the song where it says, uh, you better watch out for Santa because he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. That's right. In fact, in, growing up in our house, my parents had this, uh, this Christmas decoration and it would sit on a window right over the lock. And it was just the, the eyes, the nose, and the hat of Santa looking in the window. It was really creepy. And it always, when I looked at that, reminded me of that song. But what was the point of that song? Why would, we, why would parents sometimes use that song with their children? What did you want your children to do? Be good, behave, right? And we would always tell them, if you don't behave, you're going to get coal in your stocking, right? this, this is actually not real coal. Um, there's supposed to be a, a ribbon on this. This is an ornament you can hang on your Christmas tree. I guess it's a warning to children, right? And we remind our children, hey, if you're bad this year, if you're naughty, if your good deeds don't outweigh your bad deeds, this is what you're getting. But if your good deeds are better than your bad deeds this year, then you might get this instead. And this is how the world works, isn't it? You do bad, you get bad, you do good, you get good. And presence, this is why we work hard. A few weeks ago, when we talked about generosity, I said, what is money? What is paper money or what are coins? It's just crystallized, materialized sweat, right? It's all your hard work, it's all your effort turned into something material that you can hold, but it's your time, your energy, your hard work. And if you do good at work, you get more of it. If you do bad at work, you probably get less of it. Because that's how the world works. Do bad, get bad, do good, get good. But that's not how the economy of God works. Not at all. In fact, it's not that God good, gives good gifts to good children and bad gifts to bad children. What he reminds us of is that we are all bad, we all fall short of the glory of God. All of us deserve nothing but this. And yet when we come to the Lord's table to receive the body and blood of Jesus, we don't come forward because we are worthy of good gifts. We come forward because we understand that we are unworthy and God welcomes the unworthy to receive that which makes us worthy. In fact, what we would say is this, is is faith is the currency by which we receive the promises of God. Faith that is given to us in the Holy Spirit is that by which we receive God's promises, not our good works, not what we accomplish, not all of the things that we have done for God, but it's all of the things that he has done for us. You don't get what you work for in the economy of God. You get by faith what God has worked for you in Jesus Christ. And what an amazing gift of grace that that is for you and for me. Because it is by faith we receive all that God has promised to us even before we see it. When I think of faith and how faith is oftentimes vision, it is seeing before sight. The image that always comes to mind for me of of that picture is the image of Walt Disney and how when he was just first starting his Disney company and and, and was walking in Florida and looking at, at basically swamps, it was said he could see the buildings built, he could see the palace before it was even there. He could see it before he could truly see it. Do you know that is faith? Faith allows us to see something before we can truly see it. It allows us to cling to the promises of God so that his promises are ours in Jesus Christ. It gives us certainty in the midst of uncertainty and it is the currency by which we receive the promises of God. It's the story of Joseph, who by faith was the father of the Son of God. And it's our story, who by faith Receive all of the promises that are given to us in this Christmas story. The one who comes into the world to save us from our sins so that we might cling by faith to his promise of grace and forgiveness. Even in the midst of the uncertainty of the life and the world that's all around us. Because faith, it clings to the promises of God. Despite what we deserve or earn. Because that faith clings to what is earned for us. In Jesus Christ, in his name, amen.